Hi. There's one thread in particular that's been on my mind as we've been figuring out the community bakery. I'd like to tell you about that. And what's next now that we're at the end of the season? I'm Zach Martinucci, and this is Against the Grain. I want to tell you a few brief stories that have been especially present recently. They're all from Italy, surprise, and sorry, but I'll bring it around to the bakery. They're going to center around a theme that I want you to start thinking about now. It's cheesy, alright, but I think it's fitting. Here it is. Rising tides raise all ships. That phrase is most commonly attributed to President John F. Kennedy, who used it in advocating for wide-scale economic reforms. Whether or not it's dealing with money, we use it to mean that benefiting the greater good will in turn benefit all of the individuals. Rising tides raise all ships. On that research food trip in Bologna, I had a little revelation that I think sums up this concept best. I cooked with host families, bakers, grandmothers, restaurateurs, and more. I was so surprised by and grateful for everyone's willingness to share what I considered to be culinary secrets. In fact, I was constantly being offered recipes. In the early moments of my interviews with the matriarchs of these kitchens, before I could explain I wanted to talk about traditions in food culture, they had usually already rattled off their family's ragu recipe. I remember one in which the owner of one of Bologna's most famous handmade pasta shops brought us into a private room for her interview and immediately says, Okay, we take three meats and cook them for this long. We use tomato paste, not sauce, and milk, not cream. Don't let the others tell you otherwise. Why aren't you writing this down? And I'd have to say something like, wow, thank you so much. I'm grateful for that recipe and you for you for sharing it so willingly, and that's not why I'm here. This interaction, which I'd experience again and again, taught me a couple things. One is that they expect most people, maybe tourists or Americans or my generation, that take an interest in their food, always want their recipe. I don't know what that says about us. It doesn't need to be a bad thing, but it was definitely a theme. I think it's because Italians don't learn recipes. They learn how to cook. Kind of like how in baking school we were told, if you leave here and are only able to recreate what's in your recipe binder, you miss the point. None of this is about a single recipe. The other thing was this overwhelming willingness to share. I think these elders, the keepers of tradition, knew that their knowledge was bigger or older than themselves. Maybe they felt an obligation to pass it on to good hands, and they were confident that giving up this knowledge would not hurt them. It wouldn't cost them anything. So if there's one thing I learned about rustic Italian cuisine that I now consider fundamental to my own cooking, it's this. There are no secrets, but also no shortcuts. Example. Alessandra Spizny is a famous Bolognese chef and cooking school owner who teaches local recipes every day at her school to locals and tourists. My tortellini cooking class uses her recipes and tells her story. Alessandra closes down the school for 10 days every summer just so her team can make tomato sauce with hundreds of pounds of tomatoes that arrive at their peak freshness. I got to witness this grand tomato event one summer. It's not glamorous, it's hard work. And it takes dedication to spend nearly two weeks just boiling and peeling and boiling and peeling tomatoes because you know that's the only way to get the best result. That's the kind of work that stands behind this mantra. No secrets, 
No shortcuts. She let me into their kitchen for tomato week. The sauce itself wasn't a secret. But she knew that I wasn't going home to spend a week processing tomatoes, and if I did, I would have earned that sauce. And it wouldn't take away from what she was doing at her established cooking school halfway across the globe. Maybe Alessandra felt compelled to show me this process, in the hopes that another community outside of her own might take up this tradition, this work in which she believes in so strongly. Another community better off because of their own killer tomato sauce. Rising tides raise all ships. I love embracing that and sharing my own recipes, or formulas as we call them around the bakery. Every other week or so, I have an Instagram conversation with my friend and baking school classmate Gabby, who opened her bread bakery in Brazil a few months ago. We've collaborated on different iterations of a sourdough pizza. She gave me a version of her recipe that I got to use to help develop a first draft for Five Points Pizza, who shares our kitchen. We've sent lots of formulas back and forth, and recently she actually asked for a sourdough pizza recipe again, and I was able to send our new and improved version that we'd built off of her original. I have a coffee shop friend in Boulder, and we're working out a brioche recipe right now, coincidentally also over Instagram messages. I sent him mine as we use it in the bakery, which I realized came as a surprise to just give that away, because he replied, I don't want to take your recipe from you. But I didn't invent brioche, I just tweaked a recipe that I was given. I'm happy to give it to you, so you don't have to go through the troubleshooting. You can spend your effort improving upon my recipe. Plus, I'm in this whole bakery game because I want people to be able to eat good brioche, but I don't personally need to make that brioche for every single person. We can all share that job. In baking school, they told us, make friends with the other bakers. You don't need to compete like enemies. And when your yeast dies, when you run out of eggs, when your mixer breaks, you should be able to go to the next bakery over and ask them for a favor. And they should gladly help you, because we all need to support each other if this tide is going to raise all ships. My mixer did break two weeks ago, and Liberati, the Italian brewery next door with the saltless bread, they graciously let us use their mixer for the day. Now that's what I mean when I say that this theme has been present recently, and I've been thinking about where this all stems from. What's at the root of why I feel so strongly about this? One conversation from that fieldwork really stands out. A few years ago now, just as I was figuring out this whole no secrets, no shortcuts thing, I met Lorenzo. I stay with Lorenzo and his family at Caracol, that little bakery out in the countryside that I talk about in the first season. I love eating Lorenzo's fresh bread every day and talking to him about baking, but keep in mind, I don't really bake bread at this point in my life. I'm just interested. I ask questions, and he explains to me how yeast works and what flour he uses, and on the last day, he offers to give me whatever formulas I want to take with me. I take pictures of his binders, and we go through his bakery, and he explains more about how to bake bread, and I can't believe how generous he's being here. I say something like, you really don't have to do this. I don't want to take your recipes from you. But he doesn't see it that way. Here's why. Later that day, we have this interview, and at the end, I ask him where he learned to bake bread. He tells me that he had a great mentor. It's really difficult to find a good mentor, he says, like winning a game of bingo. And his mentor was a baker for 15 years, and then began to study flowers and grains. Then he worked as a miller, 
he became a flower technologist. I don't know what that means, but the point was he had this unique, comprehensive idea of how bread works. And the most important part, he was creative and he was humble. Lorenzo tells me that the most creative people and the best mentors are willing to share because they have knowledge and they know that they will always be on to the next thing. His mentor gave him recipes, like he said he was giving to me, because he's not worried about me copying. He might not even make that same bread tomorrow anyway, because he will always be creating. Knowledge, unlike a recipe, isn't fixed. Understanding how it works, how to bake, allows you to always grow and move forward. So, he says, if you have that knowledge, and you're able to elevate the quality of food in your town or your country, then you must. The point is to make us all better cooks and pizza makers and bakers, that you're not supposed to wait for the others to slip so you can emerge, he calls it. No, if one emerges, we all emerge together, and we raise the quality as a whole. Rising tides raise all ships. This season, I've introduced a lot of contradictions that I think can actually be complementary. Tradition and innovation, new and familiar, empowering and humbling, finite and infinite. When we move away from thinking about our work as the finite loaves of bread and individual recipes, we start to see the infinite possibilities. A recipe says that there's only one way to eat a bagel. The knowledge behind it shows that there are infinite ways to consider that big hold thing. I hope that at some point throughout this season, you considered yourself a baker. I'm not saying you need to have ever baked a loaf of bread because, like Lorenzo, you understand that this isn't about bread. And it's not about recipes either. What we have to share as bakers is our knowledge and our passion and the willingness to give that away for others to experience. Our work, you and I both as bakers here, is about using our medium, whatever that is, to see what others don't yet see, to make a larger impact, to build relationships, and know that our work is about more than whatever thing we're producing or service we're providing. That's why we need more community bakeries, and why we can have so many, because the relationships and knowledge that come out of my bakery will look very different than the ones that come out of yours, or the ones down the street. To me, the most important part about being a community bakery is having no secrets and no shortcuts. There are no secrets. You can have the recipe. But there are also no shortcuts. In order for it to be meaningful, you're going to have to put in the work to play with that recipe, learn from it, tweak it, figure out how it works in your kitchen, share it with others, and make it your own. We're here to provide the knowledge, the resources, the conversations, and just good food that, as Lorenzo put it, have the power to put relationships first and elevate us as a whole. Even better, the way he put it, that if you have that knowledge, then you must share it. Because if you emerge, we all emerge together. I'm not saying we have all the answers, but we have some. So I think it's important we share them now. And I encourage you to do that same thing. Share what you can, absorb what others can teach you, ditch the recipe to embrace the possibilities, and just go out in your community and be a good baker.
some updates. First up, there is no Panatona yet. Sorry I teased that last week. It was a busy week and I need some quiet R&D time to figure out this formula. I'm hoping to get that tomorrow and Tuesday. So there have been no tryouts for Varsity Bread Team, but we are starting to train for the Baker's Olympics. Partially kidding, there's a story there for another episode, but I am serious about us evaluating our movement around the bakery this week. I brought in my friend, fitness instructor, and now Rebel Bread Health Coach, Catherine Morgan, to take a look at our day-to-day work around the bakery. The work we do every day is really physical. We lift things off the ground and move them and are constantly bent over tables and mixers, pushing and pulling and making things with our hands. I had wished that the other bakeries I had worked for would have taken more care into instructing and promoting proper form for all those physical movements so we don't hurt ourselves or develop problems over time. Well, that was on my list of things I would do one day when I had my own bakery, and this week it happened. Catherine spent a few days observing our work, and last Tuesday put on an interactive presentation showing us proper form for all of our daily movements and comprehensive life wellness advice as well, and just the most inspirational peppy tone that only Catherine can do. We got yoga straps to wear to help our posture and lacrosse balls for mobility movements, and good stances and stretches that we get to do throughout the day. We practice lifting dough bins and walking heavy trays across the room in what felt like a relay race in preparation for the Baker's Olympics. I appreciate both Catherine and my team for taking this so seriously and making it fun. This is something that means a lot to me. We make a career in lifestyle baking, so I want it to be safe and sustainable for us. I hope that it makes it a better place to work overall. If you're in Denver and you think your company could use some movement coaching, I would love to refer you to our health coach, Catherine. Feel free to be in touch. Also this week, I led a Tijele interactive dinner for a 55 and up community in Aurora. I've taught a few cooking classes there, so it was really fun to be back for an evening event, a more social setting, with both my returning students and some new community members. Plus, they got a bar for the event, and I got to pick what we'd serve, so I was the happiest camper, since this was the first interactive dinner where I got to drink a Negroni and then some Prosecco after that. More importantly, I teach at this venue about once a month. A lot happens in a month around here, so each event serves as a milestone and allows me to reflect on what's changed since the last time I was out in Aurora. I've been thinking a lot about how a few months ago, I did everything— We didn't have as many products to bake, but it was still a lot. I spent the entire waking day baking and just trying to get our kitchen up and running. I remember when my first eager volunteer joined me. I remember when I got to make him a part-time employee. And now, he is one of the two incredibly talented and passionate bakers leading the Rebel production team seven days a week. We start daily production tomorrow. I look back at August, when I spent those 14 hours a day baking everything, and September, where I got to host events, but also had to be at the bakery at 4am the day after a dinner party, and now, while they're still really long days, this team gave me the support to be able to go host this dinner party while they kept the bakery up and running, and carried on in the morning so I didn't have to show up till 8am, that is luxuriously sleeping in in baker's hours. I'm so grateful to them for that, and for how far we've come, and hopeful for what my role and what Rebel Bread could look like another three months from now. As always, I invite you to be a part of that journey. Please, come to the bakery, take home some sourdough starter, come ask questions, learn how you can make what we make at home. You know that I like to share. 
We have a number of upcoming events, including an interactive Banya Calda dinner on December 14th, and then a series of bread classes and workshops and dinners all winter long. You can find the calendar on rebelbread.com happenings. I also encourage you to sign up for the newsletter on the website so you can be the first to know when our event registration goes live, and then you can start signing up. I want to end with some thank yous. First, to my family, mom and dad and Hal, grandma B and pa, Zia Lori, Zia Terry, and the cool cousins. Special thank you for the conversations to Emma, Danielle, Drew, Lexi, and Will for the constant support, especially at our grand opening. Thank you, Caitlin, Patrick, Couch, Kevin, Maya, Jenny, Emily and Will, and Elle. Thank you, Liz and Sam and Brooke, Catherine, Renee, Michelle and Anidra, Lori, Chris, and everyone that makes this kitchen a better place each day. And anyone else who has been a part of these conversations over the last eight weeks, you've inspired me and the team and make all of this so worthwhile. This is clearly a huge team effort, like, and it takes a village effort, and I'm grateful for you all. I'm excited for season three. I don't know when that is yet, and I appreciate your patience as I go take some time both for myself and to grow a business. In the meantime, please be in touch if you'd like to follow up with any of the things I talked about in this podcast. There's a contact form on rebelbread.com if you'd like to send me an email. I'd love to hear your thoughts, especially if there's anything you want to hear about in the next season. Until then, please be well and have a wonderful holiday season. I'll see you on Instagram, maybe at the bakery, and look forward to talking to you the next time we meet in Against the Grain. Goodbye. This song was Please Tell Me by John Worthy and the Benz on Free Music Archive.